Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. First things first, everyone, no matter who you are, from a king to a pauper, everyone farts. Not to fart would be not only medically fascinating, but it would probably be dangerous. On the average day, most people are passing more than a liter of gas per day spread out over like 13 to 21 incidents. Isn't there a book about this? Everybody <laughs> farts? There should be. I'm, surely there is. No, I think that's poops. Everybody Poops is the children's book, but yeah. Everybody Farts would be a great follow-up sequel. Surely there should be one, and that should be a series. Mm-hmm. A series that we could write, Noel. That's you. Oh, man, and you're Ben, and mm-hmm. as apparently you also fart. Yes, yes. Even our super producer, Casey Pegram. Just, it's just a medical fact that people do this. However, the vast majority of human beings do it purely as a... Uh, <laughs> A labor of love purely is a, a thing that happens in the human body. Yeah, it's sort of a regulatory process, right? It keeps your, uh, your systems in check, your guts mm. and all that, right? Yeah. Most of us are amateur farters. However, there are a very, very small number of people who have managed to become professional flatulists. It's true, Ben. It's true. And this dates back much farther than you might think. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's exactly as far as you might think. Maybe it's even... Less far than you would think, but where we're going to start today's story is in the medieval times. Like the restaurant, you know, where you mm-hmm. go and you eat a turkey leg and they got the horses and the, the show, like in the cable guy. Mm-hmm. And you cheer for uh, whichever team you're assigned to. Yeah, it turns out that restaurant concept based on an actual historical period. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah, right. It's not uh, the medium level of evil the way that some people might assume. 
Yeah, I thought that for a long time too. Spelled really funny too, with like M E D. It's it's one of those words I can never properly spell. Um, but I we digress. I do at least. Ben, tell us about fartistry in medieval times. I'm glad you asked, Noel. Travel with us, folks, to the reign of King Henry the Second. There's a great line about King Henry II from HistoricUK.com, the very first sentence of the poor guy's biography. Henry II seems to struggle to make an impact upon popular history. That's the first sentence. And that is also printed on his gravestone. Ouch. Ouch. That's not true, but that'd be funny. That would be funny and sad. So King Henry II, who reigned from the December of 1154 to 1189, was known for several different hugely important things in the course of the history of the United Kingdom. But did you know, fellow ridiculous historians, that he also had a notoriously popular jester? That's right. And, and we're going we're gonna to invoke a word here that every time I see it printed, I think it's a different word. The word that it actually is is flatulist. The word I always think it is when I see it on paper is flautist. <laughs> they both do involve making sounds by expelling air from their bodies, but the flatulist is a little bit different. Um, it is, as we've alluded to, a professional uh, farter. But what's really cool about this is it, it requires a pretty specific set of skills, doesn't it, Ben? That's right. So this guy, Noel, was known as Roland the Farter. He had several other nicknames. They are in French. Uh, At this point, I'd like to ask for some help uh, from you, Casey. Could you help us out with some of Roland the Farter's French nicknames? Yeah, so that would be Roland le Sarcer, Roland le Farter, and Roland le Petour. Yes, but off the record, while the court is not in session, I have a couple more questions. Casey, could you translate some of these for us into uh, into English? So, uh, Roland le Farter, Farter, pretty self-explanatory right there, fart. Roland le Petour, Petour derived from pete, which is the French verb to fart, to pass gas. So, P-E-T-E-R is the verb form, and then Petour is just that kind of personified. And then the last one... Roland Le Sarcer comes from Old French, and I'm getting this from a book called On Farting, Language and Laughter in the Middle Ages by V. Allen. And in that book, they write that uh, it's a variation, sarce, a variation on sare, to sieve. Alternately, sarcier means to darn. Also, sarcer could simply just be a slip of the pen, and they meant to write farcer, which is from farcier, to jest, or to make fun of. Well, you know, they do say, you ever heard somebody say something was tight as a sieve? Yeah. Mm, Maybe they're talking about, (laughs) you know. Also, it leaks like a sieve. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe no one says tight as a sieve. (laughs) Hey, let's start it. Let's start it. I think it starts today. Yeah, Yeah, I think so, too. Well, you know, because a sieve just lets certain things pass Mm -hmm. through. So maybe, you know, it's about the, the action of passing because, you know, passing of the gas. I have a question for you, Ben, and I think you have an answer for me. Um, With this jester being a British jester, an English jester, why has he got all these French nicknames? Ah, great question. You see, although Henry II was king of England, he never learned the English language himself because his family came over from Normandy in 1066, which means that they spoke Norman French. Now, Henry was intelligent, He spoke Latin as well, which was the 
language of the elite at the time, uh, just as French was. So his court would have a lot of business conducted en français. All right, so let's pop into this Latin section here. There is a book, a document, a collection of ledgers called the English Liber Feodorum, uh, which translates roughly to the Book of Fees. And this is where we get the information that we know about Roland because it was an account of all the payments that went to various members of the court. But unfortunately, it didn't have any dates. It just had um, personnel and what they were paid and, you know, what their particular skill was or the action that they were paid for. Right. For Roland, the language is as such. Unum saltum et syphilitum et unum bumbulum. Executed simultaneously. Uh, that translates in English to one jump, one whistle, and one fart. And this happens every Christmas. Every Christmas, because they had a big old shindig soiree um, thing. And what does he get in return for this uh, very specific physical stunt? Yeah, Henry II must have been a, a huge fan of, of this guy because he was awarded with, like, lands mm -hmm. like and, and an estate, right? Yes. Uh, he was granted a manor house, Hemingstone in Suffolk, and depending on which source you read, either 30 acres of land or 100, which is a heck of a variation. Yeah, but they obviously didn't keep particularly good records back in those days, so, you know. Yeah, and we do know that although Roland the Farter really did exist and really did carry out this very specific act of a jump, a whistle, and a fart once a year— executed at the same time, uh, we know that his story gets very murky very quickly. There's actually very little verifiable information about the guy other than the book of fees. And later biographers loved this story so much that if you look back at the timeline, all told, it sounds as if he has been doing. He was doing this for more than a hundred years, which is clearly not true. No, there's no way. And it, was this like his big finish, the jump and the whistle and the fart, or was this? You know, I, it, it sounds like he was sort of a member of a particular type of performer that would have had a variety of skills, not just being able to jump, whistle, and fart simultaneously, but this was his particular kind of, like, signature move yeah. that he would pull off. And the fact that he was credited like that in a legal document, that speaks volumes. Well, that was the only thing that he legally had to do, but surely there was a bit of showmanship. There was a bit of lead-in to it, you know, probably a couple of politically sensitive, hot-take kind of jokes because jesters occupies such a unique and powerful role in a court. We also know that Roland was not the only professional flatulist. Uh, we know that there are practices <laughs> involving... Did I send these pictures to you of Japan in the Edo period? I'm just going to show this to you, Noel. Oh, that's a whole, like, genre of art. I've seen, like, mm -hmm. these prints, uh, these Japanese woodcut prints of, like... Dudes just, you know, with crazy explosive fart lines coming out of their usually bare behinds. Right. There's this artistic trope of, in Japan, of depicting farts both as satire and as weapons of battle. Uh, the word for it would be he-gasen, H-E-G-A-S-S-E-N. There were also the brugador, or farters of Ireland. And there were several other uh, ritualistically important or professionally paid 
flatulence throughout history. And fortunately, we do know a lot about one of the most famous, I would say the most famous uh, flatulist in history. Talking about Le Petome? Yes, yes, Le Petome. That's right. Le Petome, a.k.a. Joseph Pujol, who was a young Frenchman from Marseille, I believe. Isn't that right? Marseille? Marseille. Marseille, yeah. That's been Casey on the case. <laughs> Part two. Part two. And we've got a third one coming up. Don't, don't, you, don't you worry. And that was in 1857, by the way, that, that he was born. Um, yeah, he was, a, he was the son of a baker, and baking becomes a, another one of his passions throughout his life. But he, there's a really great story about young Pujol. When he um, was a young man, he was swimming in the sea and realized that he was actually taking in water up his, uh, his, uh, anus? Anus? I was going to say Australia for the okay. euphemism, yeah. but, or his rectum. Yes, we could just yes. go into the scientific terms it's here. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and this happened as he was inhaling. There's a great depiction of this off uh, damninteresting.com written by Alan Bellows. He returned to shore, and he freaked out, understandably, feeling this water in the wrong place or an unexpected place, and he immediately goes back to shore where he is astonished to see, quote, a great deal of seawater pouring from his backside. Luckily, a doctor said that this was not something he needed to be gravely concerned about, and Joseph, in a way similar to like a Marvel superhero, discovers that he has an extraordinary ability. Yeah, he could actually do this with uh, with air in addition to water, which makes sense. Um, but, you know, how cool is it to be able to realize this is something he could control and not just a fluke? Because I'm sure he was kind of, you know, understandably freaked out by it. And then all of a sudden it became like empowering. It's like, mm -hmm. I can do this, you know, for fun. Yeah. And, 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 and oh, what fun he had. Yeah, he found that he could deliberately suck water in through this area of his body and then project it back out, even creating a spout that went on for several meters. He thought, you know, this is cool, but let's see if I can do the same thing with air. And in addition to discovering that he could do the same thing with air, he also learned that with the right contortion rhythm, he could reproduce some songs. And again, he's a young person at this point. He's still in school. Uh, this is a hit in his classroom. I can only imagine. <laughs> can only imagine. I bet the teachers loved him. Mm -hmm. No, I bet they didn't. No, they might have. They probably laughed about it outside of the classroom. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We haven't even talked about the fact that farts are, are, are funny still. Farts are funny because they're something a little bit naughty that applies to everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's exactly. a great equalizer like death. And as Alan wrote in the, in the book that Casey had mentioned earlier, uh, farts had a, were seen as a reminder of mortality back in the day. That's right. So they occupy this important role. We learned so many fart facts for today's episode. Fun fart facts? Fun fart facts. Just so we learned that the oldest joke in the world is a joke about farts, which maybe we can get to at the end of the story. It's not really related to this, but it is interesting. Also, objectively, I don't think it's that funny. I think something's lost in the translation. But back to Le Petomain, before he becomes this professional fartist, he joins the army. Yeah, and I've seen it in a couple of different places that he, he actually got that nickname from his army buddies. They bestowed it upon him. Mm -hmm. And as we learned from uh, Roland the farter or the petour, right, mm -hmm. this means fart. But it, it, take, it took it a, a, a step beyond where Roland's name was. It, mm -hmm. it took it to the level of an artist. The fartist. Mm -hmm. Yes, he became known as the fartiste. And when he left military service, he opened a bakery in his hometown, and he was known for making these amazing brand muffins, but he decided to take it further. And in 1887, when he was 30 years old, he went on stage in his hometown, not to do a live baking demonstration, but to take his flatulence to the, to the theater. Aren't brand muffins uh, a little bit farty? Yeah, that's one of the common beliefs about them. They contain fiber, which makes people regular, right? So that could play a role. Uh, we also, we had a long list in some old episode of Brain Stuff of all the different foods that are thought to be fart-inducing foods. 
So of course, beans, right? Mm -hmm. And bran muffins could be on there. I don't know. I hesitate to ask people to write in and tell us about their experience with bran muffins yeah. in this regard. Why? Why? Don't hesitate. <laughs> we welcome your brand stories with open arms. So what was this performance all about, Ben? I'm glad you asked, Noel. Uh, initially, it was met with a lot of skepticism. Fartistry, said the French audience members. What on earth could this be? And surely it's a one-time gig. But he won the audience over. He was a big success. Uh, we, I think maybe now it's time to let the badger out of the bag. We have an example of some of his work, don't yeah, we? we do, we do. This is what one of his performances might have sounded like. Let's roll the tape. I think we've heard it up. I think we've heard it up. <laughs> this is Dude, awesome. Let's stop there. I, you could hear it in full. I can't help. I I am such a child. I just think I just can't help but laugh. Well, I, it's his. It's his. Also, his real job. I'm sure he'd be glad to hear that his craft is respected. Well, in it, 2018, it, it, and what you realize too is he's like he's doing bits in between. Yeah. And he's he's setting up the different types of right. farts he's that he's doing, giving context like any good impressionist. Uh, let's if we could stop the tape sure, just sure, for sure. a second. Let's uh, let's defer to Casey Pegram. Casey, can you help us out with? I know that audio is really rough, but could you give us uh, any guesses at what Le Petalman is saying in these? Yeah. So you guys sent me this clip, and at first I didn't know if I was going to be able to get much of anything out of it, but I did eventually kind of decode a few different of the phrases, and then I was able to plug those into Google and actually find a complete transcript of the entire thing, uh, courtesy of somebody on Reddit. Then that Reddit person was uh, Ariat. And that was on the R Today I Learned subreddit <laughs> six years ago. Anyway, so some of my favorites here. Well, to begin with, one of the early ones, Le Pet de ma belle-mère, my mother-in-law's fart. Le Pet de ma belle-mère. <laughs> Le Pet de Masson, that's a, a pretty rough one. That's uh, the Mason's fart. Mm -hmm. Le Pet de Masson. Uh, and then immediately after, he says, Le même sec est en manqué, which is the same dry being failed. So, wait, what? He, he gambled and he lost, I think, is the oh. implication there. So I was like, yeah, 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 there's there's a little something extra at the end of that one. And wasn't there something about giraffes? Yeah, yeah, the, the giraffe one is bizarre. <laughs> So, le pet de la giraffe en train de se mettre debout. Fart of the standing up giraffe, or the giraffe as it's standing up, it, it cuts one. Uh, <laughs> and that's been Casey on the case. Part three. Part three, we're at part three. Yeah. And I'm loving every second of it. He also, uh, le pet man, not our man Casey, he also played songs and he blew out candles. And we should mention, I guess, some of the, the song stuff, because that's what seems tough to me. Right? Even if you can expel gas on command, getting the right tone is different. Well, Ben, it's a lot like whistling, my friend. I mean, you're whistling, you make different tones just by changing the tightness or looseness of your lips. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine the same would apply 
to uh, to the butt. We are being very like I'm proud of us for being as diplomatic. We're doing as, our best as we are at this point. It's tough. So we said the crowd reacted uh, favorably despite their initial skepticism. So what happened? What happened to Le Petamal after this first show? Well, he was a hit. He was a massive hit. Right. Yeah. And he he uh, he parlayed that first performance into a pretty lucrative contract at the famous Moulin Rouge. Yeah, the same one that you've heard about in film. And the show started to get a hint of danger, right? Because people were laughing so much that some women would pass out because of their laughter and their tight uh, corsets. And then one guy had a heart attack and died. Oh, that's terrible. But, you know, farting is objectively hilarious, and uh, I, I guess that's an okay way to go. Well, they, they capitalized on it in the marketing. They put up signs, and they had nurses stationed around the theater, and the signs would be like, this may be dangerous. Now, let's point something out real quick before we go any further. Sure. Um, this might be grossing you guys out, and I can understand that, but let's not forget that La Petouman, remember that first story about the uh, intake of the water? Yes. Well, he basically was able to give himself kind of an automatic enema, right? Mm -hmm. And he did that up to three times a day. He was apparently a health food nut and a vegetarian and a teetotaler. He did not drink a drop, even in the crazy absinthe-soaked world of the Moulin Rouge. Not a drop. His effort was devoted entirely to his craft. So his uh, farts did not smell bad. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Now, he did smoke cigarettes. From both ends, so oh. was it completely healthy? Well, I think everybody smoked cigarettes. I, don't th I think that was just a, a rite of passage for being French. It would be abnormal not to at this point in history, right? Uh, and it's true. His expellations really did not generate a noticeably terrible smell. And just to clarify, as the grand finale when he's playing the songs, he has an ocarina attached to the end of a hose. And he plays through the ocarina. And the audience sings along with him. A little bit of crowd work at the mm -hmm. end, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And he's a real seasoned uh, pro. Mm -hmm. And he gets an exclusive contract with Moulin Rouge. Did we mention that part? No, I, yeah. I just said it was a contract. But yeah, exclusive is right. And uh, it caused him a little bit of trouble um, because he, I think, did a piece of his act like on the street for somebody or like a private uh Fart serenade? Yeah, to promote a friend's new business in 1895. And that did not go over well with the proprietors of the Moulin Rouge. Yeah, the owner of the theater sued him for breach of contract because of this public serenade. His contract allowed him only to do this sort of performative farting. It's a weird term. Performative farting in the Moulin Rouge theater itself. And this might make the owner of the theater sound like a real pill, but it's important to note for context, at the time of this lawsuit, Le Petoman is the highest paid entertainer in the entirety of France. He's like the Michael Jordan of professional farting. That's 20,000 francs uh, for some of his higher performing shows. And that's not per year, that's a single show. And again, that's way back in the late 1800s. Yeah, we actually, off mic, tried to run this through the handy-dandy <laughs> inflation calculator, but it uh, could not crunch the numbers. The it's, time, the time yeah. frame and the currency exchange was a little too much for 
the inflation calculator to crunch. Old flady. Can't win them all. But the inflation calculator will return in future episodes. You have our word. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So he gets sued by the owner of the Moulin Rouge, and he doesn't take this sitting down because that's not part of the act. He instead fights the situation in court. But while this is going on, the Moulin Rouge decides to replace him with a different performer. Now it's really, really uh, a rough time for old Le Petuman because they replaced him with a, a lady fartist um, named, it was just La Femme Petuman? Mm-hmm. La Femme Petuman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who turned out to be a uh, fraud fatale. That's right. Yeah, apparently uh, under her, her enormous petticoats, she was hiding a uh, a bellows that was being worked, I'm guessing, by her foot or something. Maybe like thigh master rules, yeah, I was wondering. Be. But couldn't you see that? Couldn't I know, I know. He's moving. And adding insult to injury, her act was a one-to-one ripoff of, of his act. Um, and it, it, you know, it was, uh, quite a kerfuffle. Yeah, it was, it was quite a to do for sure. Now, Joseph Pujol, not to be defeated, said, you know what? I'm going to open my own theater. God knows I have the money and the capital to do so. So he opens his own theater and begins working for himself. And for years and years and years, he is doing quite well. He builds up a name. People go to see the world famous Le Petomont. And things are rolling smoothly along until World War I occurs in 1914. 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess things just got kind of dark, and uh, people just weren't in the same mirthful spirits they used to be, where where farts would would make them you know have heart attacks in the aisle. They were, they were having heart attacks from like serious stuff, like you know having bombs dropped on them and things, and just living in utter fear and terror. And additionally, his two sons were disabled in World War One, so he packs up his career as a professional flatulist and he reopens a bakery which he was doing at the beginning of the story and guess what he's known for noel is it the bran muffins it is the bran muffins Mm -hmm. Uh, he lives to the ripe old age of 88 years old and expires in 1945 yeah, and leaves behind him a, a legacy of, of, of fartistry that uh, is, has actually been carried on today by a, a, a pretty admittedly small group. Um, but uh, there is one guy who is carrying this mantle um, and, and ha- made an appearance uh, on the BBC in 1997. He goes by the name of Mr. Methane and uh, uses the same technique – the whole idea of inhaling air mm-hmm. into the sphincter and pushing it back out and being able to make different tones. And you can kind of tell by the way he he sticks the microphone right in his butt um, and then speaks into it afterwards that right. he too has a odorless expulsion. <laughs> well, he certainly, certainly presents it as such. And we can talk a little bit about the science of this too. But first, let's, let's play a clip of Mr. Methane if we've got, got one handy. Oh, and by the way, this clip was banned from the BBC on the grounds of bad taste, according to this uh, this YouTube clip here. You be the judge. I met him at a party and my heart stood still. Somebody told me his name was Bill. Oh, my heart stood still. And his name was Bill. Just, just set the tone. This guy is wearing uh, green spandex with a with a purple cape and a green uh, little face mask. And that is Mr. Methane and Frank Skinner performing "Da Do Run Run," uh, which is backed by the band The Skinnerettes um, for BBC Television in 1997. Um, but apparently, it did not make it to air. Uh, I want to confirm that, but I, 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 that is what I'm reading here. He is not for the record singing. He is just providing the. Uh... <laughs> the wind for this, uh, praised as a true genius, a huge star by Howard Stern. Uh, he's appeared on numerous different programs, uh, not just the BBC, but he's on Francis Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent. Uh, Simon Cowell called him a disgusting creature. He did, in fact, call him that. That's true. But he also, Mr. Methane, not Simon, got to the German version of the show, Das Supertalent. He made it to the semifinals. Uh, the winner was actually a dog. You know the Germans are into that stuff. <laughs> you can read the entire uh, story from his perspective at his website, which is still up, MrMethane.com. He also has a Facebook page where he has 6,595 likes. So, you know, an admittedly niche talent, Mm -hmm. but uh, very much, you know, carrying on the torch of, 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 you know, past heroes like Roland the Farter and La Petomaine. Mm -hmm. 
And since we promised it in the beginning, we can go ahead while, while we're on the subject of farts, tell you the world's oldest joke. It has been traced back to 1900 BCE, and it is Sumerian. Uh, these, the Sumerians lived in what is now southern Iraq. And here it goes. Tell us if you think it still translates. Something which has never occurred since time immemorial, semicolon here. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. That's it. That's the joke. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I don't get it either. It feels like maybe there's some social commentary that applied more to that time than huh. it does to 2018. But okay. it's it's neat that the world's oldest joke is a fart joke. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, know. You said you like fart humor. I just don't think. I just. I. I, I don't know. I, I would rather hear a, hear a fart than than that joke. And uh, someone who did not like poop humor. This might surprise some of us to learn was Le Petalman himself. He did not want to denigrate or diminish the quality of his artistry and impressions. Yeah, he was a fartiste. He, he had been working on this craft for many years. I don't even think we, we said that, that from the time he found out about his talent to the time he actually graced the stage for the first time, mm -hmm. he had been, like, working on this stuff for, like, five years or something, you know, workshopping it. Yeah, picture him staying up late night at the bakery, just uh, humming songs to himself and trying to figure out where he could slip the right fart in. And you know, Noel, I think this was a, a pretty good one. This is, this is some fascinating stuff. I got to speak up in defense of farts, though. I wonder how many times we said the word fart in this episode. Well, we've certainly said the word more often than hopefully either of us have actually farted during this recording. Well, I don't know, man. Didn't you have a stat uh, about how often in a day... Yeah. People fart and they don't even realize it. It's yeah. not like they're like big, you know, boisterous ones. Mm -hmm. It's just like that that kind of regulation of your gas. Yeah. Like I said in the top of the show, it's it's about a liter to 1.5 liters of gas per day. And most people will tend to fart on average about 13 to 21 times. So we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And as I was as I was setting up in defense of farts, if you ever feel guilty for laying a particular stinker, remember, your farts are going to be manufactured by the bacteria that lives within your body. About 75% of your farts are created in your lower intestine, not by you. So the true culprit of a smelly fart is not you, but your bacteria. And that's why Le Petalman and other professional flatulists don't have that smell because they're taking in air from outside and then expelling it. But you're saying that the legit way, it's not even your fault because you're really just farting your farts farts. Right, which leads us to a bigger question. Who or what are we farting inside of? Let us know what you think. You can write to us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram where we are Ridiculous History. Uh, and we should thank everybody. Yeah, we'd also like to, before we go to our thank yous, issue a clarification. Uh, previously, we had attributed two episodes to our research associate, Christopher Hasiotis. Christopher, 
being the uh, stand-up great guy that he is, wrote to us off-air to point out that those previous two episodes were actually the work of our research associate, Eves Jeffcoat. And you can find more of Eves' work over at the Afropunk Solution Sessions show, as well as Stuff Mom Never Told You. So do tune in, check those out. Uh, thanks, of course, to super producer Casey Pegram. Thanks to Alex Williams who wrote this track. And thanks to you, Noel. Always a pleasure. You're welcome, Ben. Goodbye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24 7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com.